You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you, Martin. I had to get your attention. Because sometimes in church, especially at the early first gathering here at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, we can have a little bit of sleep in our heads, a little bit of sleep in our eyes. And you know what? We can have sleep in our souls. So sometimes we need to shake up and wake up. And my message today is all about how you and I sometimes, guys, honestly, you just have to make a decision and go, I will not let... The thief, the one who steals and kills and destroys, destroy me. And I will shake off what he's trying to do in my life and in the life of the people I love. Amen. Amen. So, Father, we pray that your word, the Bible, would feed our hearts, guide our lives, and challenge any complacency in our souls. We want to be on fire for you for the few days that any of us have on this earth. We want to go into eternity with a clear conscience, saying, I serve God while I drew breath. So move us now, Lord, and help us to be wiser and stronger in our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give an opportunity at the end of this message. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life and you're kind of new here this morning, At the end of this message, I'm going to give an opportunity for you to start an adventure and to invite Jesus to begin something wonderful in your life. And we're also going to give an opportunity for anyone who has felt a shadow, an attack, a sadness come over you, to shake it off and to spiritually see victory in your life by overcoming what the evil one will do. So I'm going to speak from um, Acts chapter 28. Acts is basically, it's an old word that means history. And this is the history of the early church. And this is right at the end, before, uh, before we read anything else. This is the end of the Acts of the Apostle. And the context of it is that the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, Paul, Uh, was on a ship and he was traveling to Rome, which was then the center of the world. But a storm hit them as they were traveling across the Mediterranean and they scrambled onto an island. And so this is what I want to share about today. Acts chapter 28, 1 to 6. Just going to put it up on the screen and we let God's words sink into our souls. After the shipwreck, we learned that the island we landed on was called Malta. The locals were kind to us, and they built a bonfire to warm us from the rain and the cold. And as Paul gathered wood to put on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, fastened itself onto Paul's hand. And the islanders saw this, and they said to each other, that man 
must be a murderer. He escaped from drowning in the sea, but now justice has caught up with him. But Paul shook the snake into the fire, and hallelujah, he suffered no harm. Guys, this verse and these verses are prophetic. They're oozing with life. And can I suggest and submit to you, these verses are for many of us today. And they're for decisions we need to make today, for next week and for the rest of this year. So here we have the, some of the final verses in Acts 26. Let me just bring up one verse from the chapter beforehand, just to give you the full context they're on a ship, and before they had to abandon the ship, an angel of God appeared to Paul and spoke to him. And chapter 27, verse 22, the angel said to Paul, the ship and all its cargo will go down, but none of you will lose your lives. I prophetically believe the Holy Spirit is saying that to some here and you're afraid of death or you're afraid you're going to get really sick and die. I feel this verse is prophetic for our church and for the members of this church because they lost the ship and the cargo. You know what that is? They lost the baggage. They lost the paraphernalia. They may have lost the stuff, but nobody lost their lives. It's not a coincidence, Adele, that you would come up and tell me cancer is gone. I believe the Lord is saying that you're not going to lose your life. Amen? Amen? Praise God. But this is the context. So Paul, when he was going through the storm, we were singing one of the songs earlier, and everything was collapsing, he had a word from God that he was able to cherish in his heart and so when the storm was raging, and when everyone around him was panicking, we read that for two weeks, most of the sailors and so on there didn't even eat because they thought they were going to die. But they weren't going to die. But you see, the enemy will play at that in your head. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to get really sick. This isn't going to end well. And so all of these sailors who didn't have God in their lives, had given up. They gave up. And Paul, we read earlier, was encouraging them to eat and to take their strength. Why was Paul different? Because he believed in God and he had had a word from heaven. And he held on to that word. And even when the water was, felt like it was going to drown him, and I almost drowned once, I'll never forget it, and you think you're ready to die. Even then he knew it wasn't going to happen. Because God had spoken to him. And this is the way you and I are called. To walk by faith and not by sight. And if you know God has spoken to you. And you have a promise in your heart that has been confirmed. You know this is God. You need to stand by faith. And walk by faith and not by sight. So Paul and all of the guys survived because it was God's will. It was God's will. And so we're told that after the shipwreck, we, so a guy called Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke, he's writing this. 
we learned that the island that we were on was called Malta. So Luke was a traveling companion of Paul. There was a bunch of Christians there. So they learned the island they were on was called Malta. Now the sailors in the Mediterranean would all have known of the island of Malta. Maybe some of you have gone there on holidays. I've never been there. But they knew Malta, but they didn't know this side of the island. This was unknown to them. It took them a while to cotton on that this was actually Malta. They would have known the other side of Malta. And is it just a coincidence that it was Malta? Here's where we can rush through the Bible and miss the gold that's there. Because we know that the name Malta means refuge. What's a refuge? It's a place you're safe. It's a place where you and I can recover. We can grow. We can heal. It's a place that we can bring our loved ones. So Malta became a refuge for them. What I'm fascinated by was that Paul, when he was praying and making plans, he never knew about Malta. Paul had no idea that Malta was going to be part of his future. I wonder how many of us today, still in the first month of January, we're about to enter into a Malta experience, and we and you and I know nothing about it today. But it was God's will for Paul to go to Malta to go to a place of refuge for this season. What brought him there? It was the storms that brought him there. I wonder how many of us here who've come from other lands and how many of us here who come from the local area and it was a storm that brought us to this refuge here, to Grace Christian Church. How many of us had a storm in our homeland or we had a storm in our lives, maybe a relationship breakdown, or a sickness, or a loneliness. And it was the storm brought you to a place of refuge. For many of us, it was the wind and the tide. Just like in Malta, the wind and the tide, remember it was all sailboats, would blow them and they would go to a place like Malta. And for many of us, it was the wind and tide directed us here and that's different from a storm the storm is like trouble and it brings us there but the wind and the tide is like an open door and so God opened the door in your life and brought you to this place of refuge here where you can grow spiritually and grow socially and recover like all of us because every human being is broken it's just a lot of people don't want to recognize it but it's the tide and the wind of God's Holy Spirit that opened the door and brought you here. Maybe you fell in love with someone here. Maybe someone you respect brought you here. Maybe you were born in a Christian family that comes here. And some people would think, oh, well, that was really easy. No, that's the longest journey. See those kids dancing earlier, those boys? They have the longest journey because they really have to own it for themselves. So don't ever be shallow enough to say they're growing up in the Christian home, they're grand. No, they've got a long journey. And sometimes it will take a storm or the wind of God's Holy Spirit to make them have ownership of their own faith here. 
Malta, to me, is a prophetic statement of what a New Testament Christian church should be. And as I was studying this and reading it, I felt the Lord, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to me. Even one night I woke up in the middle of the night. I'm not saying the Lord woke me up, I woke up. But it kept coming to me as my mind was meditating on God's word. Grace is like a Malta. Many other churches as well. I'm not saying we're unique in that sense. A place of refuge. So whether you're here this morning, now you could come from across the street and you had a journey. Whether you came from another land or your native born, whether the storm brought you here and to the Lord, the church is a, a metaphor as well for coming to know the Lord, or whether it was the wind and the tide, we're all here in God's will. Would anyone say amen? The Bible tells us, this is for your life, even before the beginning of time, God had predestined exactly where you would live and at what times you would live. So if you think, huh, I don't know how I ended up in Cork, or I don't know how I ended up in Grace Church, it was all part of God's plan. There is no coincidence. The Lord allows the wind and the tides or even the storms, to guide us. And so Paul and Luke and the brothers find themselves in this place of refuge, in this place called Malta. Never his plan, but God brought him there. And so look what happened. The locals were kind and they built a bonfire to warm us from the rain and the cold. The locals were kind. 21 years ago when 11 of us prayed and we decided we need to start a church. Nine of us are still here. One had to move away and one went home to be with the Lord. But nine of us are still here. And you remember guys, Tony and Janet there, Sarah and others. We built a bonfire. What's that mean? We developed our relationship with God. We studied his word. We prayed. We tried to live our lives with a clear conscience. We developed our relationship and our friendship with one another, building respect and trust and love with one another. And we began to build the local church. And we did it for our children. And we did it for those God would bring in. And then it moved on and we developed kids ministry and youth ministry and young adults and all those kind of things and worship and, and, and then we developed the building. We're like the locals. If you've come in here from abroad, I hope you can say, you know, the people in Grace were kind to me. They built a bonfire for the rain and the cold. Amen. Amen. If you're now here and you say it's lovely by the bonfire, guess what? We still need to keep building the bonfire. Amen? Amen? So that those who come from up the hill here with a broken heart, with a broken mind, with a broken body, or those who come from the four corners of the earth and the tide and the wind or the storm has brought them here, we are building a bonfire so people can have shelter from the cold of this world and the wrong kind of rain that will drench them in a bad way. And so the locals were kind. Can I encourage you and challenge you? Be kind. Be kind. 
and think of the person. You might be a very shy person. Um, Denise and I, Corey and DJ were there as well. We were up at a big conference in Dublin. It was great to see four young couples about to plant new churches like this all over Ireland. Very excited about that. Um, but we were up there and there was a big crowd and I started going up to people I didn't know and shaking their hands. I met two guys from Drogheda in their 20s. They had just started a church in their house. They knew nothing or no one. And I was trying to encourage them and introduce them to others. And Denise just said it, that I do that easily, and I do. However, I recognize that for many people, that's, that's a bridge too far. It's not who you are. But you don't have to be like me at all for God to greatly use you. I'm just one variety. What we do all have to have is a heart of kindness so that when strangers come in here, we go, I was a stranger once. Let me help build the bonfire in whatever way I can, so that the people with broken hearts or the people who come from a country where they barely arrived here with their life can come by the bonfire and be, be warmed from the rain and from the cold. Amen. Amen. And then, again, I, I'm just going over these couple of verses and every little tiny bit. Here's a half a verse Right after this, I can't stop thinking about it. It tells us in verse 3 that Paul went and gathered wood for the fire. I refuse to rush through the Bible. I want it to feed me and nourish me. And so I'm stopping at these four or five words. And I'm going, we know from history that Paul was an older man. We know from a whole load of contemporary accounts that he was a very petite or a slight man. They say his voice was incredibly high. He was very, very small. He wasn't a strong, athletic kind of a man. And we also know that there were, it tells us in great detail in the chapter 4, there were 276 men on board with Paul. Now, these guys were muscle men. Hairy sailors, the kind of fellas who could handle themselves in a fight. Why was this older, petite, weaker man, physically, out collecting firewood? Where were the 276 hairy muscle men soldiers? Were they all by the fire with a rug around their knees going, oh, I had a terrible experience. What was Paul doing going out collecting the firewood? Do you know what it is? Paul was a giver. It was in him. It crossed over into every area of his life. Paul couldn't help but give. Sometimes I have to say to Denise, my wife, you need to stop. She just keeps on giving and giving and she doesn't have time to even look after herself. And I say, Denise, you got to stop and take a day off here. Remember the Sabbath, dear wife. <laughs> Paul was gathering the wood. We touched on it last Thursday night. We had a great night with our 19 uh, team leads. 
um, the Paleo principle that 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. 80% of the giving financially or any other way is usually done by 20% of the people. The problem is the 80% of the people, everyone thinks they're part of the 20%. I'm not going to tell you whether you're not, you are or you aren't. But Paul was definitely a giver. And it was crossing over into all areas of his, lives, of his life. So he went out and he started gathering wood because he cared, because he was kind, because the Lord was motivating him to do it. And as he was in the center of God's will, because the storm was not of his creation, the Lord, the Lord allowed the storm in his life. The Lord allowed the storm to direct Paul to this place called Malta, a place uh, of refuge. And as he was there in the center of God's will, doing kindness and looking after others, and then we're told suddenly a poisonous snake that was driven out of the fire by the heat jumped up and attached itself to Paul's hand. The snake was a viper, some of the versions tell us. So this is not just a harmless snake, it's a poisonous snake. And it didn't just have a, a little old nibble on Paul's hand. It it attached itself to Paul's hand. The snake, always in scripture, right from the beginning, is a symbol, it's a message of the evil one. So in a place of refuge, doing the right thing, having been brought there by the Lord, who caused the circumstances, Paul is attacked by the enemy. The next time you or I are attacked by the enemy, do you know what the, I was talking to someone I really love and respect recently, a good Christian in the church, and he had gotten very sick a number of months ago, and he was just sharing that when he got really sick, he said, he was saying, have I sinned? Is there something in my life that I'm allowing this to come on me and to happen to me? And he said, honestly, I was going through everything. And he was saying, I can't think of anything in my life that is, that is really against God and sinful that the Lord is trying to teach me a lesson. I can't think. And, and when I was listening to him, I thought that's the normal thing we all do. We question ourselves. And if we're really sick or there's an awful lot of trouble, we go, what have I done that I've brought this trouble onto me? This was the enemy and Paul had done nothing wrong period would anyone say amen? amen sometimes good people have bad things happen to them and very often I'm not saying always but very often the paw prints or the fingerprints of the evil one are behind it so a poisonous snake attaches itself to Paul's hand. Now, Paul could have done a couple of things right in this instant. This is all happening very fast. He's putting the wood on the fire. The snake jumps out. It attaches itself to his hand. On top of that, not only is he looking at a poisonous snake about to perhaps kill him, we're told that the islanders said to each other, a man must be a murderer. This was a local superstition the islanders had. If you've come here from mother nations, you probably came across a few Irish superstitions. <laughs> Even in a place of refuge, people can be mistaken. 
And here we have the kind people of Malta jumping to conclusions. Two plus two equals five. That's why gossip is really quite dangerous in any community. And when it goes over into slander, it's very evil. It hurts people. Gossip hurts people. It destroys faith. So we need to guard our tongues, the scripture says. But on top of the locals pointing the finger at him, on top of Paul having a clear conscience, why on earth did the snake attack me? Paul could have right there and then, and maybe this is what I'd have done, maybe you'd have done it. Paul could have gone, God, why me? Why are you allowing this to happen? I'm serving you. I'm pouring my life out of you. All them hairy muscle men couldn't be bothered getting up to collect the firewood. And I'm doing it. And then they're all warming their knees by the fire. And I'm the fellow with the snake attached to me. Or he could have attacked the guys. You lazy bunch of bums. Why are you all hanging around warming yourself? I'm the fella out doing the work. I'm the fella that's attacked. And why am I attacked? Because none of you are willing to get up and to do the work. It's all down to me. You see, we can very easily project our frustration and our pain onto God or onto others. I was uh, listening to a documentary on a podcast on the BBC about when uh, any town any, all over the world, if a big factory closes down or there's a lot of unemployment that suddenly comes in, there's normally a 300% increase in wife beating. The husbands attack their wives. They're so frustrated losing their jobs. And they take it out on the people around them. And so the natural thing that you and I guys will do when we're under pressure and trouble is we will automatically try and blame someone else or go to someone else. I'm really, this is really important. And we'll blame it on someone else. We'll project our frustration on someone else. And that could be your husband, your wife. It could be, I don't know, whoever's up on the stage here. You're a target if you're up on a platform. It could be a friend. It could be a son. It could be a mother. I don't know. But this is the natural tendency. Paul never attacked God in his hour of testing. Paul never attacked his companions or the sailors he had traveled with though he could have done. Paul didn't turn on the islanders. He could have rightfully said, you bunch of pagans, with your stupid superstitions, would you do something practical and get the viper off my hand? No, nothing. So the next time, suddenly you're in an ambush. Suddenly you're told, we were talking about Adele, suddenly you're at the doctor, the doctor says, you got cancer. Or suddenly... Your husband or wife says, it's over. Or your friend says, I don't want any more to do with you. Suddenly the boss tells you, your job is finished, you're unemployed. Or you go into college and you see you failed that really important exam. Suddenly, when things go wrong, and it's like a snake attaching itself to your hand, and everything inside you used to go is, oh God, oh you, oh you. What did Paul do? Just like we saw our teenage guys there dancing, 
Paul did something, in my opinion, prophetic, profound, and yet very low-key. Paul shook the snake off his hand back into the fire, and he suffered no harm. This is a moment of faith. This is a God moment. Instead of calling out and giving out to God or attacking others, Paul did the right thing because he was a man of faith. By faith, in the middle of the attack, he shook it off back into the fire. When I was a, a, a small boy, my brother and sister and I would visit our grandparents and they had a, a big loft with all... I, it looked like grain, but it was probably oats. I'm not sure, but it was like grain. And we would clean it. And when we would come out of it, our clothes, our hair, everything would be covered with all of these little bits of grain. And I remember my grandfather and my uncle saying, you got to shake yourselves to get it all off. And the three of us would be shaking ourselves and all the bits of grain and oats would be flying in every direction. Sometimes, guys, you just got to stand your ground as a Christian, and by faith, shake the devil off. Shake the attack off. You get your redundancy notice at work. You go, I don't understand what's happening here, but I am not going to let this sink me. By faith, I know God is my future. You get a bad diagnosis in the doctor, by faith, God is my future. I shake that off. Your friend says they don't want any more to do with you. You don't know why, but by faith you shake it off. I'm not saying you become insensitive and we don't learn, but we don't let it sink us. We realize if God is for me, if God is for you, who can finish that verse? Who can be against you? The devil will try and be against you. He'll do everything he can to be against you. But he shook it off. And today I prophesy to many of us, guys, by faith, you've got to stand your ground and you have to shake off that attack. You have to shake off that way of thinking. You have to shake off that jealousy. You've got to shake off that attraction to someone you shouldn't be attracted to. You've got to shake off that kind of thinking that's dragging you down. Stand your ground and by faith, shake it. And if someone has done something against you, I love what I call the boomerang verse in the Psalms. To me, it's very connected. Those undeserved curses against you will return to the sender and stick and cling to him like his clothes. The devil attacked Paul. What drove the devil, the snake, out of the fire? It was the fire. The heat, when God's Holy Spirit moves, the Bible describes it like a fire. It was tongues of fire, individually. Nobody was left out that fell upon each of the 120 in the upper room. It was the mighty fire of God. And that drove the snake out of the fire. And the fire of God's Holy Spirit working in your life, and in your children's lives, and in your family's lives, and in your circle of friends, and with your... That will drive the devil out. It is inevitable. If you're here and you're going, I don't want any attack. Grow up. 
grow a bit of a spine on you and learn how to stand your ground and shake the devil off. And when the snake came out of the fire, just like this boomerang verse, where did that snake end up? Good on you, Martina. You're awake, my love. The snake ended up back in the fire. Is your marriage under attack? Or your health? Or your career? Or your studies? Or your friendships? Or your ministry? I could keep going on. And you know you're doing everything you can, right? Guys, shake the devil off. Now, here, today, I love the, these Christians from uh, young, Christians from London, New York. They've, they've done all this series of quotations. Keep calm. It's a new day. Shake that devil off and move forward. God has given you a new day. You're alive today. You've got a future today. Let's realize the new day and shake that devil off in Jesus' name. How many people here could say, honestly, over the last month or two, I've known in some area of my life an attack of the enemy that would, could quite possibly stop me in my tracks? Anyone willing to be honest and vulnerable and authentic? Okay, lots of hands going up. So you know what I'm talking about, and I think we all do. Mightn't have experienced it recently, but we know what it is. We're going to sing. Uh, the guys sang it as the last song. Uh, it's the Hillsong One uh, song, which is what a beautiful name. But I love the bridge it's called of this song. Death could not hold you. You have no rival. You have no equal. That's the Lord. What a powerful name it is. We're going to sing that and we're going to pray. If you have never experience Jesus Christ in a life-giving way, I'm going to do a call for that. You might go, there's no new people in the church today. I don't care. This is a church that will tell people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know why? So that maybe next time you'll bring a neighbor or a friend who doesn't know the Lord and you'll go, you know what? If I have the courage to tell them, would you like to come to me to come with me to church? They will hear words of eternal life. Hallelujah. So we're going to give that opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus. And we're also going to invite you to shake the devil off by faith today. Let's stand. Hear the words up on the screen. Let's start. Starting at the bridge. Yeah. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and powerful name it is what a powerful name it is
What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which man or woman may be saved. Who'll say amen? There is only Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Not by Buddha, not by Muhammad, not by Krishna, not by the New Age, not by religion, by relationship with Jesus. Let's all close our eyes, on stage and off stage. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, you have an opportunity now to change history for your life and for your family's life. going to ask you to slip up your hand and then take your hand down again. Nobody's looking. Excuse me, I'm the only one with eyes open. Anyone want to lift their hands up? Okay, okay, okay. We've got three people who've put up their hands. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray it after me. Just repeat it after me so that each of these guys will also be able to pray it. Let's do it in solidarity. Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you into my life. I surrender to you. I know there is no other name by which I may be saved. Only the name of Jesus. So come into my heart. Be my leader. My Lord. And my Savior. From this day forward. And all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. We give those three people a round of applause. God bless you guys. And for everyone here. Honestly, you have to make a stand and shake the devil off. I said it to the, we have a prayer meeting early here in the Sunday morning. We meet every Sunday at half nine and we pray for the whole day ahead. And I shared with the guys, for your life, there is no plan B. Honestly, there's no plan B for your life. If you're following Jesus and you're serving him, this is it. There is no plan B. Don't be lured away that you've got a great career in Hollywood or whatever it is. All those other things may happen, but Jesus is always first. And there is no plan B. You are living the dream. And we need to move into the full reality of victory and being an overcomer, even through the storm. So we're going to sing the song again. And I'm going to ask everyone who wants to take a stand today and say, I am shaking off any attack in my life. And can I extend this? And I feel this prophetically. The attack on people I love. I'm going to stand for them. They mightn't even be aware of it. But by faith, you'll shake that devil back into the fire. Amen. Let's sing the bridge of the song. And uh, I'm going to invite you to come up and join me in prayer. Let's pray a prayer of faith. A prayer of an overcomer. A prayer of victory in our lives and in the lives of the people we love. Hallelujah. 
Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the voice of sin and grave. Heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. Oh, what a powerful name it is, nothing can stand this. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. And the Lord would say to you, O daughter, you are like a forest, and I have sent woodsmen into the forest, and they are pruning out the dead trees. They are making space for the growth for the new day. And the Lord would say, people that were in your life that are no longer in your life, the hand of God has been behind us. And be aware and celebrate and welcome the space God is going to make for you this year because the Lord will create new opportunities a new space for you to grow as a believer, to grow as a daughter of the King, to grow in anointing that you may serve others. The Lord is at work in your life, so resist the evil one as he tries to get you to run. God says, stand, stand your ground, and by faith, you will see growth and opportunity in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah we lift up our hands as we lift up our hands we declare we will shake off the attack of the enemy on our lives can you say amen to that we will not panic we will not get angry with you, Lord. Can you say that? Can you say amen? We will not attack others. Amen. But we will believe by faith that our God is for us. He is not against us. I want you to say that with me. Just repeat it with me. I feel we need to declare it. Just say it after me. If God is for me, who can be against me? Again, if God is for me, who can be against me? One more time, if God is for me, who can be against me? 
Father, by faith we stand here and we shake the attack of the evil one from our lives back into the fire. We boomerang it back upon his own head and we declare whether it's the doctor or a boss or a teacher or a partner or a friend that we were ambushed by. We're not going to attack them but we are going to put the devil back where he belongs. Come, Holy Spirit, strengthen our souls for the journey ahead and help us to be the men and women we were born to be. Oh, living God, there is no other name. There is no plan B. And so we embrace plan A today and we stand our ground as mature men and women of faith by the power of God, by the power of God. Puvaneswari, the Lord would say to you, he is going to move heaven and earth for you this year. Puvaneswari, the Lord is saying to you, he is going to pull back demonic holes that have frustrated your life and the life of your children. The living God is declaring over you an open door. He's declaring peace for you, Puvaneswari. Lift your hands up and receive the word. He is declaring you will have peace from all your enemies. Just as Solomon had peace from his enemies to the north and the south and the east and to the west, he is declaring over your life, he will give you peace. Beloved sister, he will give you peace. I prophesy naked today as it were. I know nothing, but I know God is saying something is changing, Puvaneswari. Something is happening in the spiritual realm and God's hand is on your life. Don't listen to the people who don't have any faith. Listen to what God is saying. Many will try and distract you, but the living God is your future. Please the audience of one. Hallelujah. Come upon our sister, Lord, and give her and grant her the desires of her heart. Amen. Amen. We're going to have a prophetic night, a Holy Spirit night on Tuesday night. If something has been stirred on your heart and you feel there's more for you, then come on Tuesday night because we'll have more space and time to pray and to allow the Holy Spirit to minister. If that frightens you, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be afraid of the things of God. They're life-giving, amen? They're not scary. They're life-giving. They're powerful. And they help us on our journey. Praise God. Let's sing the song as we go back to our seats. And remember, guys, when the devil tries to come at you tonight, you've shaken him in the fire, amen? Hallelujah. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Praise 
What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Let's close in prayer. We raise our hands to heaven as we close this morning. Nothing can stand the name against the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing in heaven or on earth, above or below. Lord, we go today from this meeting and from this gathering of your people and we ask you, Lord, that the shadow of your wings would overshadow us this week, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we would know your protection, Lord, when we get up and lay down, when we come and go, Lord. We ask you, Lord, quite simply, Lord, that you would seal us in, Lord, that you would send your protecting angels to watch over us and those we love. In this coming week, we ask you, in Jesus' mighty name and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless and go with you, brothers and sisters. Tea and coffee is being served upstairs for the next while until our 12 o'clock service. We're here again on Tuesday night for a Holy Spirit prophetic night. God bless and go with you.